0: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 56 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host this week, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing, awesome, fantastic, and superb. That's a better word than supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, (laughs) like I did last time. Superb makes more sense. Uh, Co-host Kieran, how are you doing? What is happening with you this week? What's going on? We we missed a week. We missed a week. Yeah. I'll explain what happened briefly. and I'll, I'll explain what happened on my end briefly. And then we'll explain why we actually missed a week. Um, I'll let you explain that in. Okay. We were supposed to have episode 56 last week. Um, I was not going to be on it because I, as I tweeted on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, at TeleMela2496, uh, as, as you heard, so I said, it's so needed a mental break. Needed a break. And I was like, you know what? Not doing the podcast this week. Karen, you got it. You, you got it on your own. Mm-hmm. You, you'll rock a solo for a week. Karen was like, sure. Take the time. Take what time you need. You got this. Yep. I'll handle it. Cool. And then Karen, what happened? So, recorded the podcast.
1: Everything was going great. Well, great-ish. Like, my PC is terrible. So, it takes ages to export podcast episodes. But, um got down in 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. I'll just I'll sit and wait for it. And I'll get everything uploaded ASAP because it's already late. And then all of a sudden everything goes black and my my computer shuts down. And I'm like, weird. So I try and turn it back on, hit the power button. I'm like, no fans are spinning in this thing, not turning on. So I spent the next like hour and a half, I think, trying to diagnose, like see if there was any like cables loose or so, like if someone got knocked out of place, that didn't work. So then I started was like, okay. This is looking more and more like a hardware problem. So I started testing a few things. And my power supply died in my computer, which was great.
0: Your computer has just been like, yeah, no, we're just going to mm-hmm. have this not working. And this is going to fall off. And then this is going to fall off. Yeah. It's like a car that's like, it's like a 20-year-old car. And it's like, it's just barely hanging on. And every day you're like, yeah. all right, you, we're, we're getting the job done. We're doing this, right? And then like the check engine light comes on. and You're like, all right, we'll check the engine. And then you take care of the engine. And then, like, you're having, um, you know, tire problems. And you're like, all right, we'll fix the tires. And then yep. next thing you know, transmissions have an issue. Just, like, <laughs> one thing after another after another. Pretty much. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's what happened. That's why there was no episode this past week. Which yep. is why this episode is the actual episode 56. Um, not the one that was recorded and didn't manage to make it so to see the light of day, unfortunately. But yep. we're here. We're here now. Um excited to be here. I'm for, for those who are wondering, that that week off of the podcast did wonders for my brain. <laughs> did wonders for me. Just spent the weekend playing Scarlet Nexus. Literally, that's all I did that weekend. And it was good. It was good. Came back to work on Monday feeling like refreshed in a way. It was just like ah, that was what I needed. Of course, it's back to the normal grind, but I'm doing good, doing, doing fine. So nice. We're hanging in there. We're doing well and all that jazz. Uh, other than your computer issues. Was, how was your week? Was your week fine? Yeah. Um, I didn't
1: really do anything this week. I, I watched a few, a few more bomb movies on Amazon Prime. Uh,
0: watched the season finale of Moon Knight. uh Nice. That was a good show. Good show. Yeah. I thought like the season finale was a bit rushed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I like the series overall. I just think like the, the last, the last, episode i was obviously the last two episodes but i actually really enjoy episode five episode so, five was
0: so good yeah. it was so good
1: mm-hmm. yeah good series um and i i played a game with some friends last night so i will we'll talk about that later
0: nice nice uh real quick can we just speak about the Konshu drip at the end Konshu all dripped out with his suit and oh, stuff yeah. just like oh yeah. okay okay sir Look mm-hmm. at you, fresh to death. All right, <laughs> um, not gonna say any more about about the episode and no, no. fear of spoilers. That I don't think that's a spoiler at all. Um, Kanshu out here with a suit, looking nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that fight scene, I liked the fight scene. Um, no specifics. Uh, yeah, that's happening when they were in. Basically, I guess you could say the the long shot take, whereas like we're swapping between. Yeah, the stuff like I love that, that was a that was a cool fight, and then he's in like. In the lodge mat and just goes <laughs> go and then yeah. like, yeah, that was a bit of a waste of time, but you know what? You still <laughs> earned that because that was still cool. Yeah. That was still like really cool how that was filming stuff. So yeah, that was that was really awesome. Really enjoyed it, even though again I still feel like it was a bit rushed. I hope we get a season two. It's
1: oh, not yeah. confirmed,
0: yeah, no one's confirmed for a season two or anything. So I hope we do get one, especially with how it ended. Like, you can't just yeah. you can't just end it like that and then not do a season two. Like it, you gotta, you got mm-hmm. to.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, exciting stuff over there Exciting, exciting stuff um, I feel like, oh yeah so I was speaking about Marvel stuff real quick so I saw Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness uh, Talked about it briefly with Karen Before we got on and started mm-hmm. recording and stuff Great movie, really enjoyed it I would say 8.5 I, I was torn between that and a 9 but I'm gonna say 8.5. That seems a bit more fair for it. I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Great movie right there. Um, MCU's future is looking awesome. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just. I'm excited. I, brain is theorizing about what's gonna happen and what's gonna go down and stuff. And I think my theories are true. I think they're real. I hope they are. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll talk about it once I've seen
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. That's that's where we are. That's where we am. And this is the Play to Win podcast, of course. Show we break the week's biggest gaming news through in-depth discussion. Uh, subscribe if you're on YouTube or on podcast services. Uh, you know, subscribe, leave reviews, all that stuff. Hit the notification bell if you are on YouTube, so you know as soon as videos go live, you'll be one of the first to watch our stuff because you will get the notification and you will know that hey, it's up now, so you can check it out. Um, this week. We're going to be going over a couple of news stories. Most of it is from last week, Um, but one big story is from this week. We're going to be talking about Square Enix selling basically their Western studios to um, Embracer Group. Uh, We're going to be talking a bit about Xbox and their market leading sales. And we'll also be touching on the Ubisoft acquisition rumors that were making the rounds last week a lot of stuff a lot of big topics to go into um, so Karen are you are you ready to do this it's, i i feel like it's going to be an interesting episode mm-hmm. for some of these discussions um mainly this first one because this one kind of took me by surprise um, yeah. Just a yeah just 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 a little bit it took me by surprise for a number of different reasons um so we'll we'll get into this that first story being now, Square Enix, like I said, they have sold off their Western studios and IPs to Embracer Group. That's, that alone is surprising enough mm-hmm. to an extent. But what's more surprising is that they did this for only $300 million. Yeah. That is where it's like, what? <laughs> really? What? Wow. It, it's shocking to say the least. Karen, thoughts? Top-level thoughts? That's real cheap. Like I'm,
1: I'm very yeah. positive they could have sold. Like especially because it's studios and IPs. So like right. I'm, I'm very sure they could have sold that for. I, I'm, I'm not a business person, so I don't know. But I'm like I'm gonna guess like at least double or even triple the price, considering like one the talent of those studios, two the number of studios, and three the IPs behind them.
0: I, I will get into that in a bit. I don't know if triple, triple might be saying a whole my triple i think would be too much okay double i think is is a bit more likely or possible um but we'll get into that in a bit when we talk about the different studios and the ips that are going so this deal it includes from i'm coming from bracer groups press release quote approximately one thousand one hundred employees across three studios in eight global locations, end quote. They expect this deal to close during uh, Embracer Groups, I believe it's their second um, quarter of their financial year, which is between July and September of this year. So fairly soon, they expect this deal to close. Now, the three studios that are being um, sold off to Embracer Group are (laughs) Crystal Dynamics, Idols Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Crystal Dynamics everyone knows they're known for um, Tomb Raider games. They've been doing work on Tomb Raider for quite a while now. Yep. Um, they are known for Marvel's Avengers, of course, and also the Legacy of Kain series, which has basically been super dormant for over a decade. It's been quite a while since there was a new Legacy of Kane game. Um, Idols Montreal, they are known for Thief, the 2014 game, um, the Deus Ex reboots, Mankind Divided, and then Human Revolution then shadow of the tomb raider that's what they're i'm just putting like most known for games here yeah um also guardians of the galaxy that just released last year can't forget that and then square enix montreal they've mainly been focused on mobile games such as hitman go lara croft go deus ex go and more um crystal dynamics was confirmed to still be working on perfect dark even though they are being sold off to um embracer group the initiative tweeted this out uh confirming that, like yep we're happy to still be working with them in partnerships Mm -hmm. on and so forth so we don't have to don't have to worry about that now for the ips that are going over again like we said it's not just studios it's the ips too Mm -hmm. tomb raider is being sold to embracer group tomb raider the series this news came out as part of the sale the series has sold 88 million units since it first started in 1996, with 38 million of those coming from the reboot trilogy that started in 2013. Deus Ex is also being sold over. Human Revolution, which came out in 2011, and Mankind Divided, which came out in 2016, those have sold more than 12 million units since um, their release. Legacy of Kane, that IP is being sold over. Thief is being sold over gex <laughs> the gex the lizard or gex the gecko whatever he's called um <laughs> that ip is also being sold over along with a host of others these are just like the ones that were named amongst um, yeah. stu- um Square Enix's the ips that they own and stuff um as for the marvel games marvel's avengers Guards of the galaxy those will pose some challenges due to licensing but those are likely to go along with them as well Kieran. I wanna wanted to stop again. Now we put this on the playing field, the studios that are going over, the IPs that are going over. I want to return back to what you said about how you thought they could have been sold for like double or triple what um, what they got sold for, double like double triple that three hundred million. Yeah. And the reason I say not triple is because. The only IP of these, and I mean I've grant, I don't know all the IPs that they have that yeah. they're being sold over. I don't know all off the top of my head, but the ones that are named here, the only one that still has any sort of relevance or importance or clout is Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like Legacy of Cain and um Dave Sex, beloved series, beloved franchises for sure. Mm-hmm. But no one's really doing anything with them. They're not like they don't really have they don't really have much weight in the modern day space. People will love new games from them all the time. People always say, Oh, I we'll love a new day of sex. I want a new legacy of Kane. But the the series there, they don't have that weight, the same weight as Tomb Raider does. Like Tomb Raider, that's a name. That's oh, like yeah. a, an icon of the gaming industry. So that's that, that like you know, it's like um. I would put Tomb Raider on the, on the same level as like a halo, uh, a doom, you know, of yep. that type of like, you have that icon status. Your name is like, your name is really big. You know, it means something yeah, to exactly. the industry as a whole. Deus Ex, not to say Deus Ex doesn't mean something to the industry, but it's been gone for so long. And I want, I guess you could say it's kind of a niche type of game. Cause it's, yeah, kind of, it's, and, you know, it's an immersive sim type game, really heavy on the immersive sim um, aspect of things. And you know, immersive sims aren't necessarily the most uh what's the word? Uh there's a word I'm I'm taught I'm trying to look for that means it's like spread, widely loved, whatever you like, very widespread. popular, widespread or popular, I guess, genre yeah. is becoming more popular, you know, dishonored um what what's the what's the most recent one Deathloop, you know they yeah. kind of helped popularize it some more and all into the mainstream that's what i was looking for mainstream mainstream um but deus ex it's 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 not up there like that it's closer than the others you know to, to like the tomb raider status mm-hmm. but legacy of kane thief gex like those are names that like diehard fans throw around but like they're not names that people you know really know or are clamoring for or anything like that outside of the diehard fans who want them so i would like i would have been surprised if they sold for like 900 million like that studios talent is sure but you're also if you're buying also the IPs like legacy of king thief and gags they're not going to be worth like up to 900 million dollars no they're not going to be up to there. Like, if you had more IPs that were on that level of Tomb Raider, then I could be like, okay, yeah. Then <laughs> surprised that it's not up there. Like, they could have been up there. You get what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I... I, I still think in my head I, I could I could see them selling for triple, but, like, I, I think it would most certainly be, like, a more reasonable price in the double to two and a half kind of range. Like... Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with, with the IP, like, I, I, I still think that Deus Ex is, like, I, I 100% agree with you, like, it's not a mainstream game, and it's not, like, super sought after, but I think there is still enough life in that franchise and things they could do with it that they yeah. can certainly revive it, but...
0: For sure, for sure.
1: I mean, the, this whole situation is kind of just surprising to me, so I'm still, still a little bit... Um, Foggy is not the right word, but unsure of what exactly Embracer Group's plan for these are because I I I've never heard of Embracer Group in my life.
0: Oh really? You didn't remember they bought Gearbox last year for like a billion dollars?
1: I didn't see that. I thought Gearbox was still owned by Two K.
0: Nope, not at all. Um, We'll get we'll get to Embracer Group's history in a little (laughs) bit. We'll get to yeah, we'll get to Embracer Group's history in a little bit. Um, But I. Yeah, like I I definitely think more so like the two to two and a half times price of so like 600 uh or like 700 something million I could definitely see more so as opposed to triple like 900 million. Oh yeah. Um but this all goes back to the fact that <clears throat> sorry. Uh like we said these these studios and titles were sold for the for the cheap. Oh yeah. Like this this price that they were sold for Clearly says the Square Enix was just looking to get rid of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they were like, you know what we we need to cut our losses on this. You know what someone else can do, someone else can do these studios um, better service. We have other things we are interested in, and we're just gonna pursue those ventures and more. Because I mean, for the longest time, it's been it's become kind of a joke that from uh, what call it from their Western studios their games have just typically been seen as by screenings as like, oh, not that successful. They didn't meet expectations. Like whether it be the Tomb Raider games, whether it be, um, I think the Hitman games, Avengers, uh, just like that didn't meet expectations. Didn't meet expectations. Didn't meet expectations. It's like, what are your expectations? Yeah. You know, like with Tomb Raider, 38 million sales from the reboot trilogy. Like, just like, Okay, so like, how disappointing was each of these, like, for you and all? Right. Like what, were, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? And how much did it miss that, like, miss that bar for you? So, like, when they're constantly not meeting expectations for Square Enix and all like this, it, it hits a point where it's like, you know what? It just it just makes sense at this point. You know, let, nope. the studios can hopefully be able to thrive and be better appreciated. At a different company square enix can wash the hands of them and then move forward um and focus more in on like their you know their japanese titles and the mm-hmm. japanese studios that to be honest i mean to be also a bit fair like people people think more of those japanese titles oh, yeah. from square enix than they do their western ones not to say that people didn't like tomb raider or the other games but when people think Square Enix, they think Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts, Nier, so on and so forth. That's what people know and love Square Enix for. So now they can just really dial in on those. So yep. you know, that's what you would think. That's what you would like to think would happen from this.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm I'm also wondering if, say, like in a couple of years, Square Enix are not like oh we're missing Western studios, but they might maybe look to restart in the West or if they will just stay in in Japan, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, they're still going to be publishing certain Western titles, like uh, yeah. Just Cause, Outriders, Life is Strange. Like they, They're still going to be publishing those games because the studios that make them, they don't own them. They just publish no. the titles for them. So they'll still be doing those things. Speaking of Outriders, it turns out this news just dropped this week. Uh, People can fly. Still haven't gotten royalties for the game because it has it. Uh, i don't it hasn't made back its money for square enix so they haven't see, received royalties yet and they're kind of unsure as to when or if they ever will receive royalties for the game that sucks it 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 does it, it's just a shame uh yeah. hopefully you know the game hopefully they're able to get those royalties hopefully the game is able to turn a profit of some sort
1: yeah
0: um but i do want to mention this real quick that i have here so this stu- the three studios Right, Because we're talking about how the studios, they really they weren't really uh, seen as that successful for Square Enix, right? Yeah. So, dug up this little bit of information. The three studios that they brought in, uh, the three studios being Crystal Dynamics, Eidos, and uh, Square Enix Montreal, they brought in nearly $200 million of revenue in 2021, but less than $8 million combined in operating income. What does this mean? I had to do a little digging. So revenue is how much money a company makes before expenses are deducted. So they brought in two hundred million in revenue in 2021. That's how much money each of those brought in, right? Mm-hmm. Together as a collective. Yeah. Um, the operating income, though, is how much of a profit a company has made after expenses, regular and recurring costs, have been deducted. So those three studios brought in two hundred million dollars in revenue, but only they only made eight million dollars in profit. After all the um, expenses and stuff were deducted in 2021. So when you have that, when you take that into account, the studios were expensive to run oh, and yeah. just weren't bringing in enough money. And it's like, I guess it makes, it's like, as long as we're like, it makes sense, I guess. And when you look yeah. at um, Square Enix's, whatchamacallit, when you look at, they have a, a document online that it's, what was it called? I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, I believe it was on this. Here we go. It was in an, I'm pulling it up, pulling it up. Execution of share transfer agreement would change the subsidiaries document. Uh, It's like a formal business document here, right? And it has, uh has like tables for Crystal Dynamics, Mm -hmm. a table for IELTS Interactive. Um, Doesn't have one for, it? the other one, uh square Enix Montreal. But for those two companies, it has a table basically saying this is what the this is the company, and it has their business and financial performance for the fiscal years 2019, 2020, and 2021. Right. Mm-hmm. And each year, like they the the operating income was just so much less than the revenue. So for twenty nine for 2019 fiscal year, starting in March for Crystal Dynamics, right? Their operating income was, I believe this is $66.9 million. I mean, that's the revenue. Sorry. The revenue was Mm $66.9 million. The operating income was 2.8. March, 2020, the revenue was 81.1 million operating income, 3.4 million. March, 2021, operating re- revenue was 92.2 million operating income 3.8 so like you see like it's yeah no they're they're bringing in a lot of money but once you take all the expenses out yeah it's like such a small amount of profit at all and it's even more shocking with um crystal because this is the time what uh avengers came out 2020 september of 2020 yes so you go so then, like that's going to be in there for the March 2020 year to up to March 2021. It's surprising, yeah. like oh wow, like even with microtransactions and stuff, like they're they weren't able to, you know, have that much of a profit of of any kind. Um, you look at Idols Montreal, their revenue in 20 for the 2019 year, 73.2 million with operating income of 2.9. Uh, March 2020, 75.6 million operating income of 3.2. March 2021 revenue uh, revenue was 99.8 million operating income of 4.0. So it, it's again, it's one of those things you look at it and you're like, they yeah, they really weren't making much money. They weren't making much of a of a profit for Square Enix. They're just kind of I don't want to say burning money because it's not like they're just like tossing money into a yeah, exactly. fire pit or anything like that, but Great is spending all this money on them and not much is getting brought back in after expenses and stuff. It just kind of makes sense at this point. We're just like, we got to cut our losses,
1: yeah. No, like 100%. It's like, if if you spend like, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but like, say, if you spend 70 million dollars on a studio in a year and your income is less than five percent of that, or sorry, your profit is less than five percent of that in return, then it doesn't make sense to keep them. They're like, not to, again, I'm going to use the thing you just used. It's like they're essentially burning money, right? Like, it, it's not bringing in enough money for screenix to can, to keep them and say, this is worth it.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, so the, the, here's the thing. Square is going to be selling them. And I think this is good. I think it's good for both companies. Oh, yeah. Because like I said, Square Enix can focus on their Japanese stuff. And now each of these companies, they can focus, they'll be with Embracer Group and they can, you know, hopefully really thrive over there. Hopefully Embracer Group will allow them to, again, focus on the games they want to focus on. Yeah. Uh, they Hopefully they won't be put on any live service type stuff. And potentially, hey, maybe some of these IPs can come back. Maybe a new Deus Ex could happen. Maybe Legacy of Kain can return. Who knows? Maybe even Gex will come back in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Who knows? But the one thing that people have been bugged about with this on the Square Enix side is part of where Square Enix says they, that the acquisition is going to help them with, and of course, it's blockchain, AI, cloud technologies, basically all the things that people don't want to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. In this same, you know, execution to share a document and all. They talk about what the transaction will help them do. And they say here, quote, "The transaction will assist the company in adopting, I mean, I'm not in adopting, in adapting to the changes underway in the global business environment by establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core businesses in the digital entertainment domain." In addition, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields, including blockchain, AI, and the cloud, end quote. Karen?
1: <laughs> I mean, Square Enix is really going hard on this blockchain stuff. Like,
0: <laughs> They're uh, saying a whole lot about going hard in
1: yeah. on it. Um, I, I was going to say like a, a month, month and a half ago, two months ago, I can't remember exactly the exact time because... Time is a soup at this point, but um, didn't time the, is a soup? Uh, it, sorry, that's a that's a critical role reference.
0: Mm, I see.
1: Um, didn't Square Enix's president say like, oh, like we we just think that players misunderstand NFTs and we're gonna move forward with them, like something along those lines? Uh,
0: it was it was like I don't know if he said they misunderstand, but he basically said, like, yeah, like you know, I think it'd be great for players if like you know some that's of them want to be able to do the play to earn instead of just like they've been doing the play they've been doing the play the making stuff for games just like out of the kindness of their hearts but yeah. like what if they could do it and make money in the process <laughs> <laughs> why not don't you think that's great guys that yeah. i think that's great for players who love to play to contribute you know not instead of just contributing out the kindness of the heart play to contribute for something tangible that's not so tangible yeah. Yeah, so like I mean,
1: I guess from Square Enix's point of view, it makes sense, but I'm not on board with that at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: they've I've seen some people say that like there's also the possibility that Square Enix just keeps mentioning blockchain stuff for investors, yeah. but they're not actually they're not actually invest like actually interested in going towards it. They're just saying that to try and get in more investors involved in the company. Because apparently, I haven't seen this myself. Um, I haven't done enough digging to actually find this information. But Square Enix, the thing that's really keeping them afloat are their mobile games and Final Fantasy 14. Outside of that, Square Enix isn't necessarily in the best place financially. So it makes sense that you would want to say key buzzwords like this yeah. just to get more investors involved in the company. Um, at the same time, maybe they are actually interested in going down the NFT route. Who knows? I do wonder, though. And I saw a lot of this conversation happening this week. After I read this, I was like, huh. There's a lot less company there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
0: makes it um which makes it more likely that you're gonna be bought one day, one of these days. And I would not be surprised if it actually if that happens, if Square Enix ends up getting bought in the coming months. Do you think that that is a reality? Do you think I, this hints at it? Sorry, what did, you, what did you say? Did you do you think that this hints at them being acquired?
1: Okay. Um, yes and no. Like I like you said, there's a lot less company there, so they're, the value of their of the potential acquisition just went way down. So I don't
0: want to say I don't want to say way down because the mm. because there's there's the Japanese stuff and the Japanese stuff is what people yeah. would really care about. And the value went down for sure. I don't know how much down it went though. You get sure. what I mean. If they're willing yeah. to sell them for just three hundred million dollars,
1: I would yeah, say it only went enough.
0: down three hundred million, which isn't like a cheap, like a cheap amount in a grand scheme. But
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that's cheap, then then I'll take three hundred million dollars for Netflix. But right, Um like I I I can see it happening because they're now going to be bought for I'll say much less than they would have been already, right? Yeah, because there's now a lot less company there. But at the same time. I don't know not that if anyone would buy them but if it would be within the next few months. Okay. Just just because I I think they would want to if they could at all possible they would want to wait until like Final Fantasy 16 comes out and 7 remake part 2 comes out to see like what the company looks like after those.
0: I like imagine actually, your company gets more expensive afterwards
1: probably in terms of an acquisition oh yeah yeah 100 like it would go up in acquisition cost but i also imagine it might go up in just like running cost
0: for the company maybe okay we're not financialist people oh so. no 100 no <laughs> like
1: this this is all speculation and hearsay at this point
0: yeah i mean i i i wouldn't be surprised if like after this deal closes it closes what sometime between july and september i wouldn't be surprised if like october we hear it's great it seems to be acquired now just yeah. like oh well that's happening uh do you think it's gonna be sony because i i'm not gonna lie when i first read this and i saw it i was like okay that's that it seems like they're getting so that like they can be bought up any day now if it's going to be anyone i i feel like it's going to be sony and i've i've kind of said that for a while like i think i think if any one company was to acquire them it would probably be sony do you think it will be sony and i mean there was also remember that period where like the three big rumors and stuff yeah um we've gotten confirmation that one of those rumors was that Square Enix was going to acquire Sony? It was a rumor from multiple people. You mean Sony is Square
1: Enix, Square Enix?
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm, if I said the other one, I'm mistaken. Sony was going <laughs> to acquire Square Enix. That was one of the rumors. We've gotten confirmation of that. did you think it's going to happen?
1: I I think it is going to be Sony, but I think there's a part of my there's a part of my brain that says it's going to be Microsoft purely for the reason that Phil Spencer wants more Japanese studios. And I think that if Square Enix goes in the market, then they are gonna fight for that company.
0: I'm sure they will. I also I've also heard that like it's gonna be it's much harder for like non-Japanese companies to acquire Japanese companies. Yeah. And on top of that, they're still trying to acquire Activision Blizzard. And that's probably not gonna go through yeah. until end like next year at some point. So there's no way that they can acquire Activision Blizzard, that giant publisher, and then Square Enix, another giant publisher, yeah, exactly. without that without either deal being stopped. And they're trying to make sure that Activision Blizzard one goes through. It's not going to be Microsoft. Yeah, Highly doubt that. So like, if it's going to be anyone, I could see it being Sony. Do I want that? Not necessarily. I would much rather Square Enix stay on its own because they have been supporting the Switch with some great games. Like the Switch is doing so well with Square Enix support. I love it. I'm very happy for it. And they've been putting out games that we probably wouldn't have gotten if they were not independent. You know? Yeah. So, I would love for them to be able to keep doing what they're doing. Um so I don't I don't want them to be acquired by anyone. If they are acquired by someone, I like I would be fine with Sony. I would also hope though that Sony would kind of allow them to still put out games where they want to put them out, like they are oh, with yeah. um bungee yeah like that would be that would be the way to make that deal like an easy pill to swallow oh yeah and i'm because like it's it's to the point where acquisitions are so so commonplace it's like all right this is the reality we live in like you gotta just either accept it or you're just gonna be angry all the time so like i've come to accept it so i like if it happens it happens but yeah, I, 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 that's what I would want. I would want them to be able to, you know, still put stuff out where they want to put them out and all like that. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Like, also to tackle my point before, I don't want it to be Microsoft because Microsoft owns so much of the video game. Your God,
0: now. no! Please, no! 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 no. Don't do that! Don't do that! That would be bad. That would be really bad. Yep. All right, so I just want to give a little bit of background on Embracer Group, just you know, because Karad said before he didn't know who they were nope. uh, in any way like before.
1: Did we talk about the gearbox thing?
0: You said, did we talk about them?
1: Yeah, I, I can't remember if we talked about the Gearbox thing when it happened.
0: I thought we did. feel like something that we would have talked about.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm just real stupid and I can't remember.
0: Well, um, after closing this deal, um, Embracer Group will have over 14,000 employees, 10,000 game developers, and 124 internal studios. And they <laughs> currently have more than 230 games in development, with more than 30 of them being AAA titles. Now... Kotaku here, Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku, has a little piece here giving like a bit of background on Embracer Group, right? So originally they were called Nordic Games Holding. Um, and then they they start they started um like buying up some different companies, right? So they bought up an Australian publisher. Um, and then they notably they bought up the remains of THQ after that kind of yeah. company went down in 2013. Then they rebranded themselves as THQ Nordic. Then, um, a bit after that, they rebranded as Embracer Group in 2019 after they went public in 2016. And now they own over 100 studios and publishers. Um, And let me see. And the piece here, they say uh, Ethan has who they recently bought. In April 2020, they bought Saber Interactive. They bought Gearbox uh, February 2021 for $1.3 billion. Uh, they bought mobile game publisher Easy Brain in April two thousand twenty-one. That same month, they also bought Aspire Media, who's making Knights um, nice of the Old Republic remake. Oh, yeah. uh, then August twenty twenty-one, they bought Three D Realms and seven other studios. And December of last year, they got French board game and RPG publisher Asmodee. So those are just some of the companies they have. But they also own Four A Games, which makes Metro series. Mm-hmm. They own. Uh, Dan Buster Studios, which made Homefront: The Revolution, and is working on Dead Island Two. Uh, they've also, let's see, they're also reading. Just give me through this. The some of the people that they own published uh, Bio Mutant World War Z as well. Uh, that's right. Mm. They also own Volition, which oh, okay. is working on this G- the Saints Row reboot. Yeah, uh, and they also recently got um, Coach Media or Cock Media, however you pronounce it. Which uh, you know, they're the ones kind of behind. Wait, hold on. I'm I I forgot. No, they they, they have them because they... <laughs> I'm so silly. They have coach media. <laughs> coach media had volition. That's how they have. Uh, That's okay. how I'm as volition. I was just like skimming through this piece here and stuff. But uh, recently, we did talk about um, free radical design. They're the ones who were bringing back the time Splendors IP. Oh yeah. So yeah. They, they they got a lot of people. They had a lot yeah, of apparently. studios over there. A lot of studios. Yeah. If
1: uh, if, if you had said THQ Nordic, I, I would have known who you brought about.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. I've I've heard people refer to them both as either THQ Nordic or Embracer Group. It says but Embracer Group's their public name, yeah, like exactly. their official name now and stuff. But yeah, it's it's wild. It's just absolutely wild that this happened. I was just, I was not expecting to wake up and see this. Um I honestly hope the best for those studios. I no. would not be surprised though Screen these isn't getting sold in like the coming months. I, I feel like at this point it's an inevitability. It's just a matter of the when. Yeah. The when mean, and the who.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was always a matter of the when and the who, but not not this soon.
0: <laughs> not this soon, not now. Not like <laughs> not this. Not like this. <laughs> well, we're gonna shift away from acquisitions talk. We'll get back to it in a little bit. right now we're gonna talk about Xbox. Uh, this happened last week. Uh, Kara would have talked about it, but again, you know, yep. computer died. Uh, so we didn't talk about it. We don't have much to say about it this week because no. uh, it's not like a crazy, crazy, huge thing. But Xbox had a market-leading sales quarter. They revealed that their series hardware, Series S and Series X, outsold the PS5 this quarter. Um, and actually the first quarter as well for mm-hmm. two quarters in a row. Uh, The NPD group revealed that Xbox Series consoles was the best-selling console platform in dollar sales for the first quarter of the year, and the Switch won in unit sales. Uh, We have a quote here from Satya Nadella saying, quote, Our ambition is to empower gamers to play when and how and where they want. With our Xbox Series S and X consoles, we have taken share globally for two quarters in a row, and we are the market leader this quarter among the next-gen consoles in the U.S., Canada UK and western europe in a quote which is very impressive yep. very very impressive congratulations to microsoft on that um definitely deserve a lot of praise for being able to sell as many consoles as they have get as many consoles onto the market as they have been um in the current landscape that we're in yeah. uh, i think there were like reports that microsoft uh paid a premium to get like priority on chips and stuff yeah. which is why they were able to Pump out so many consoles uh i've also seen some people say like huh i wonder if this is also does it speak to sony's like inability to put out consoles or the fact that sony's consoles just keep on selling out immediately <laughs> like yeah. just like the demand not being able to be the supply and all like that you gotta you, you get what i mean
1: yeah and i've i've also uh seen people say that uh, that microsoft paying for chip priority is cheating and i'm like how is that cheating
0: yeah, uh, it's it's not cheating. They you know they just pay for chip priority, and this doesn't mean that people don't want the PS5. It just means that exactly. Microsoft's just able to get more of them out there yep. um, than Sony, and people are just buying PS5s immediately as soon as they're you know as soon as they're on sale and stuff. So great for Microsoft. Really good for them. Our Xbox yep. resident, um, our resident Xbox um, pre- uh, expert professional, Kieran. What do you have to say about this?
1: Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you, like, the cliff notes of my rant I went on last week. Well, not rant, but, like, spiel I went on last week. But, like, I think this is really good. I think it shows that Microsoft is doing a lot of things right and that they're uh-huh. enticing more people to their platform. If they hadn't paid for chip priority, I'm still 100% sure that the PS5 would have outsold them. Like, that's yeah. that's just kind of a given. But, like, I'm I'm also very impressed that they are getting so many people to their platform. With, one, some of the troubles we've heard about with their development on some games recently, but two, like, I think a lot of people are still a bit mistrusting of Microsoft. For one, the reason I just mentioned with their, like, development troubles, but two, they haven't put out many good exclusives over the last, like, pretty much decade at this point. So, like, I I think that's a big reason why people are buying the PS5 over the series consoles. But I do think they're doing a lot of things right.
0: Yeah, they're doing a, a fantastic job so far, ooh, so far with them um, with Xbox. Whether it be their consoles just being damn good consoles, um, Game Pass being mm-hmm. the juggernaut that it is. Which I mean, we always talk about that, but I mean, it can't be stated enough. Exactly. Game Pass is a juggernaut, it's game changer, and all. Um, Halo, I'm sure played a factor in things. Mm-hmm. We got Starfield coming up later on this year. Hopefully, still later on this year. Um, yeah, they've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of great stuff over there. Making a lot of great moves. And I'm um, I'm happy to see that they're, they're you know they're thriving, they're being very successful yep. in all their endeavors. So, hats off to them. Um, looking forward to seeing how well they continue to do in the coming months, uh, especially after their Xbox showcase. I wonder like how much mm-hmm. of a factor that's going to play into things um, in June and all like that. So it's going to be interesting, An interesting and exciting future is on the horizon for Xbox. Looking forward to seeing what comes of it. Now. We're going to get back to a bit of acquisition stuff. Um, we won't. We, this one, we'll probably have less to say about than the Square Enix yeah. um, sale that happened. But Ubisoft, more rumors about them being acquired are popping up. And these all kind of stemmed from a Bloomberg article by Ruth David D. and Giles Turner. Um, according to Bloomberg's sources, Ubisoft is in early talks with buyout firms on the matter of acquiring the company. Uh, it's a quote from the article saying, quote, several private equity firms including blackstone inc and kkr and co have been studying the french business according to the people who asked not to be identified because the information is private ubisoft hasn't entered into any serious negotiations with potential acquirers and it's unclear whether its major shareholder is willing to pursue a deal the people said end quote adding on to this kotaku sources in an article by ethan gatch have told them that Ubisoft has been auditing different parts of its business in the past few years. And all of these aren't out of the ordinary for companies to do in preparation for the future. Kotaku notes that Ubisoft could be doing it to get the company in order for a potential sale. Kieran, yep. do you what what do you think of Ubisoft being acquired by private equity firms? Not of not a, anyone in the games industry, but private equity. What, what do you think about that? Because a lot of people are very worried and concerned about this
1: (laughs) yeah um i mean i i'm not i'm not 100 against it for the main reason that i think somebody needs to give ubisoft a kick up the bum and get their act together in, in a few things but at the same time i'm not sure how i feel about it going to an investment company as opposed to a like you know like Just as an example, like Microsoft or Sony or whoever, right?
0: Someone in the games space,
1: exactly. Yeah, like embrace or someone who
0: actually knows about games and stuff and cares about games.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, kind of like what we what we were saying about Square Enix. Like, I think it's a matter of time before Ubisoft gets sold as well. Because I've said this on the podcast a couple times, but it's like I remember when Ubisoft was like one of the biggest video game makers in the industry, and everyone. Enjoyed a lot of the games they put out and nowadays they're more focused on live service and NFTs, which is the way that a lot of companies are going, but I don't in my head, it's not perfectly fitted for the video game space.
0: Yeah. I i saw a lot of people online. Um, like I said, a lot of people are concerned, they're worried about this. The reason being is that uh private equity firms, what they're kind of known notorious for doing is like, you buy a company, you, you, like, pump a bunch of debt on it, uh, you get yeah. your money out of it, and then you sell them, and then they just, like, they're left with the debt, and people end up getting laid off, fired, and then the company ends mm-hmm. up, like, close it down anyway, which is why a lot of people are not, they're like, okay, no, we don't want any private equity firms yeah. just, like, just coming in and buying them. They don't care about the games. They just They're just looking to make a quick buck out of this that's they're not they don't actually care about ubisoft as a company which i if that's the case i'm just like no let's let's not have this happen ubisoft look to anyone else but them please and thank you um so yeah it's it's definitely concerning and i think the bigger topic that can be talked about from this is just the fact that all these acquisitions in recent years go to show that the games space is becoming very hard to stay afloat in if you're not a big company that has a lot of money or if you are not owned by a big company that has a lot of money and even these big companies that do have the money they're having trouble now so i like i i wonder like are we kind of on are we on the road or on the verge of like a an industry quote-unquote crash of sorts where it's just like the bubble's going to burst at some point. And how many people are going to come out on top? How many people are going to be able to survive after that bubble burst? Like, I, I wonder. And it has me worried.
1: It, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that, actually. But that's very terrifying. Yeah. That's, like, I, I think I actually kind of want to go back onto that if we get back onto this kind of topic later because I'm going to need time to think about that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a conversation that we should have another time. Yeah. Uh, write, write it down, actually. Write that down, because I'm going to forget about that. Because um, it, it, it is an interesting question. I, it is a conversation that I definitely think that we should have, like, talk about at some point, you know, with more time, more preparation, more thought um, brought into it. But, um, yeah, it, it's a thought I've had. It is a thought that I have had. For sure. Which with all these acquisitions going on and stuff.
1: I am just putting it at the bottom of the dock. Industry crash conversation.
0: Okay, cool. All right. You got anything else to say about um, Ubisoft potentially being acquired?
1: I don't think so. Just uh, n- not a private investment
0: company, please. <laughs> yeah, please. No, please. No, 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 no. Let's not have that happen. All right. We got a bunch of brief mentions here to go through and rattle off. Um, some of them coming from last week. Some of them for this week. Let's go right on into them all. We're going to kick things off with some showcases. Got some showcase announcements in the past two weeks. Yes. Xbox announced their summer showcase set for June twelfth, ten a.m. Pacific time, one p.m. Eastern, six p.m. UK. Um, looking forward to it. I like the little key art they put up there. Xbox logo in space, looking like a planet. Essentially, mm. it's just clean art there. Yeah. Um, Karen, he he had like a bunch of things that he expects to see, um, but we think that we're probably going to do an episode like dedicated to predictions for Xbox showcase and summer games as a whole, like summer showcases as a whole. Um, But I didn't want to give him a chance to drop one (laughs) prediction. One, one thing that he expects to see from the showcase. Mm.
1: Well, I I'll I'll, no, I'm going to save that one. I'm going to say, I expect to see fable in some form. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I think they have to at this point. Like it's it, it's pretty far in development. I I well, not pretty far in development. It was been rumored and announced for a while. So yeah. I'm I even if it's just another trailer and not gameplay, I think we're gonna see it, but I, I do want I, I do I want gameplay. I want gameplay for it.
0: I would love to see gameplay for that. I, I think it's I think it's about time. It was announced in 2020 and it was rumored for a long time before that. It's time to see gameplay if we don't see gameplay this year, that'd be annoying. Like, yeah. really no gameplay. So I think that, I think that we will, uh, my prediction. I'm thinking that we, um, huh, I'm going to say, I think we get, no, I was going to say our first look at the next gears. I think that's still a little bit too soon. Um, cause art is the coalition working on another project before the next gears. Yes okay so maybe we see that i think we see coalition's next project okay that's what my room that's what my prediction is going to be uh we'll get more predictions <laughs> when we do that actual episode cogs of war <laughs> a spinoff. <laughs> uh like we said the, we had another showcase announcement this week that being summer game fest the showcase is going to be june 9th at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern 7 p.m uk Jeff Keighley has confirmed it will be a cross-industry showcase with announcements and reveals. Day of the Devs will also be happening on the same day. Um, And the showcase, as well as the Game Awards later this year, will also be playing in select IMAX theaters across the U.S., which is interesting. That's cool. That's exciting. I've kind of always thought about going to, like, theaters for, like, these big E3 showcases and stuff, and then I'm like, or I can just watch it in the comfort of my own home and hear everything without, like, all the fans going yeah in my <laughs> yeah. ear and like possibly missing something although yeah. i would love to be in like that communal environment yeah i also oh, kind exactly. of don't want to i don't want to have to deal with like the, yeah yeah es- especially in the covet age you know gamers you know t- stereotypically aren't the most hygienic and no, <laughs> no thank you please Fair. yeah i i like I love that,
1: that they're doing this and I love they're putting it in theaters so that people can have that communal stuff, but they never do it in the UK. They never mm. do it in somewhere where I have access to it. Sorry, Pam. Like <laughs> Critical Role did the exact same thing for their for, for both the first episode of Campaign Three and their seven year anniversary episode. It was in mm. theaters in the US and Brazil for like whatever reason. Like
0: good. Interesting. For you good for you brazil i'm very happy for you but give me it in the uk right what why they didn't do it the uk it's interesting i'm i'm a bit annoyed that it's on a thursday though at (laughs) 2 p.m i'm just like "Ah, i'm at work come on seriously seriously you couldn't have done it like uh, you could have done it a little later that night yeah Could have done it like say 6 p.m i realize that's 11 p.m uk but like throw me a (laughs) bow jeff you could have done it on a weekend Throw me a bone, Jeff. Please, please throw me a bone. Um, that just means I'll just be watching it at work. Do what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a big Xbox news here. Um, Fortnite has come to Xbox Cloud Gaming for free, and it can be played on iOS, Epic and for and um, Xbox. They partnered up on this. It's it's you could do it on browsers through your browser based solution for Xbox Cloud Gaming. They found a loophole. They're back on iOS. It, it it's a neat yeah. it's neat it's cool um the big thing from this though is that it's the if i'm right it's the first free to play game for Xbox cloud gaming yep. where you don't need a subscription at all You're like anyone could just go on to Xbox cloud gaming and just play Fortnite oh, you don't need a yeah you don't need Xbox game pass ultimate for it at all it's very nice. neat it's very cool and that just goes into their Xbox play anywhere initiative or not yeah. Xbox play anywhere Xbox everywhere for you know it's so what they've been Aiming for they're trying to reach all these people and these free-to-play games. That's the way to do it. I won't yeah. be surprised if we see um Apex Legends eventually on Xbox Cloud Gaming yeah. for free, no Makes subscription. Sense. Like Warzone at some point. Like if you do once you get Warzone and Apex on there, you've won the game. <laughs> you've won <Yeah>. the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that. That's actually a really smart move by Microsoft for a couple reasons. But one, it allows more people access to their cloud gaming uh, uh-huh. platform and kind of be like hey look how well this looks if you subscribe to game pass you can play all of these games wherever you go
0: right like cloud gaming you just play a Fortnite for free cool so you, you want to play some other stuff on yeah. the go you want to do that uh-huh. <laughs> getting getting tilted at Fortnite? play viva pinata are you getting tilted at the towers <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. um oh gosh i just that just reminded me of the sonic 06 fandom Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. So good. Everyone should watch it. Um, real-time fan dubs. Sonic Sonic 06 it's fantastic. Um, PlayStation stuff now. PlayStation, the premium, the, ah, the new PlayStation Plus premium, right? We got some reported details on the game trials. Mm-hmm. And reportedly, they will be mandatory for games that cost more than $34 and they will be two hours long. Developers have three months to put these um, to release the time trials, and they have to stay on PlayStation Plus for at least a year. A lot of people weren't happy about this. I'm kind of indifferent on it, but I'm just like, eh. I'm like, interesting. I'm okay, I'm. I think the the thing that people were a bit concerned about was the fact that they have to be mandatory. Well, not yeah, it's that they have to be mandatory, and then people were like do the devs have to make it like what And uh, there were reports that sony would be like handling it on their end and all uh so like, if sony's handling it on their end they just like here's a cutoff then like okay yeah but if the devs have to like do it themselves it's a different story and all and then people were like for games that cost over 34 dollars, so then like what about indie games that are like 40 bucks like how is this going to affect them at all yeah exactly and there is the there is the wiggle room where like um uh, Sony, like the report said, that there can be some games that like put out free demos uh, on a, like, but that's not like a case by case basis, you all like that. Yeah. So we'll we don't have any official information. So we'll have to still feel this one out, see it out, and stuff like that. Yeah. But sticking with some PlayStation stuff, we did get the PlayStation Plus games for May. It's FIFA 22 for PS4 and 5, Tribes of Midgar for PS4 and 5, and then Curse of the Dead Gods on PS4. And then the last batch of PS Now games were also announced for May, including Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, Soul Calibur 6, and Blasphemous. That might be the only way you get me to play a Naruto Shippuden game. <laughs> I'm <laughs> neither going to lie. I don't really care for anime games like that. They just seem all very generic and stuff. Um, variable refresh rate, VRR finally came to PS5 last week. Good for them. Good for yep. people who have TVs or displays that can support that. According to Kotaku, the studio head at Hangar 13, the developer behind Mafia 3, has left the company. And additionally, a new entry in the series is apparently an early development on Unreal Engine 5, not the engine that was used to um, make Mafia 3 and the Mafia remakes. So mm. that, that is also uh, interesting, cool yeah. thing for fans there if they're looking forward to a new Mafia. Apparently, it might be a prequel. People are like, oh, okay. I kind of, kind of was hoping the next one would go into like the next decade. Um, but We'll see. We'll see what this is like. Uh, speaking of development, uh, like studio changes and all, the director of Hitman Three has joined Crytek to direct Crisis Four. Looking forward to that game when it comes out. Me too. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> got a bit of Blizzard things to talk about right now. Diablo Immortal is now releasing on June second, and it's also coming to PC and open beta alongside mobile, and includes cross-play and cross progression the reason it's coming to PC after you know uh people were like upset about it being a phone game blizzard was like well we figured people would emulate it for PC anyway so we was like you yeah. no, why not let's just do it on PC too <laughs> it just makes sense uh, but blizzard also announced a warcraft mobile game called arc light and rumble uh, it's coming to iOS and Android like i said it's in the warcraft universe based off what i saw for it what i read about it it's like a uh it's kind of like a strategy-esque type of game and you can use characters from the Warcraft universe. Uh, to be quite honest, I did not read too much into it because I looked at it, I was like, I care not a damn about this game. <laughs> not at yeah. all. It's not I was like, it's not what I was kind of hoping it would be. I don't know what I was yeah. hoping it would be, but I was hoping it wouldn't be what it was. And I was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, clocked out, it's a thing. I'll put in the brief mentions. just I've clocked out though. Uh But Activision was its shareholders. They did vote overwhelmingly to approve the Microsoft deal uh, of them acquiring them. On the other hand, though, New York City is suing Activision because they allege Bobby Cody rushed that acquisition in order to avoid taking responsibility for the misconduct issues at the company. There's always something. There's always a new lawsuit coming their way. (laughs) They're like, all right, we're we're free. We're free. Bam. Smack with another one. Lawsuit. There you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like there's just another like state or body waiting behind Activision at all times like, my woman, shinderu.
0: <laughs> Here we come. Uh, Prince of Persia remake has been moved from India-based studios Ubisoft Poon and Ubisoft Mumbai to Ubisoft Montreal, the original creators of the game. That game is still mm. just cracking away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the final two things here, um, important things. One, required reading, I think. it's so an IG report by Kat Bailey on Nintendo of America's contractor working conditions. This has kind of been a talking point for a couple of weeks now. Um, but Kat's report goes really in-depth. It's really great, really fascinating. I encourage everyone to go read it. Um, and then the last thing, this week, this is more of a U.S.-related thing, but still very important. So on Monday, I believe it was, Monday or Tuesday, uh, this website, um, out, this outlet, Politico, ob- obtained a leaked draft of a document from Supreme Court basically saying that they were going to overturn uh, this law Roe v. Wade. They haven't officially done this. It was just a draft. It, the decision is not being officially made until June or July, I think. But Roe v. Wade, for those who don't know, it's a piece of federal legislation which basically said that uh, basically, put into federal law that uh, women have the right to abortion, essentially. Um, mm. And they are the Supreme Court, again, the draft is saying that they're going to be voting to overturn that and turn the decision on abortion rights back to the states so that it's no longer a federal thing and states will have to individually decide if they will allow abortions or not. Of course, abortion should not first off the government should have no say in whether or not like a woman is allowed to have an abortion like what she does with her body is her choice like why we're saying you can or cannot have an abortion is so far beyond me like i don't it just makes no sense it makes no sense at all roe v wade should just it shouldn't be overturned so you've had a number of people in the industry by people in the industry and more so mean media saying like speaking out about this yeah. people that's um individual like developers like you know ground floor developers like no no we like keep this and all people in the government fighting back against this and all but no game to, there were only two game devs this week that we've seen speak out about this and the first one was bungie like the very next day bungie put out um a, a, a blog post uh, and they tweeted it out to basically showing the support for Roe v. Wade. And they put links that um, people could donate to all. Uh, and in the replies to their tweet, you, the replies were a hot mess as you would expect because capital yep. G gamers are the worst and they need to grow up yep. basically. Uh, basically they'll all say stick to games, keep policies out of your games. Oh no, I don't like this. Like do you guys are a game company. Don't talk about politics at all like that. Uh, I liked one response. Some guy said, Yeah, like you guys are free to do what you want, it's okay, but uh, I want a refund on my subscription on the, the season pass I bought because you know, like, I, I don't agree with this. You guys are fine, you guys do what you want, but I don't agree with this. So I want a refund on my uh, season pass. And someone said to them, Sorry, but you don't believe in terminating things you've already started. <laughs> Beautiful response, right there. That wasn't an official oh. Bungie response, that was someone else, but like. <laughs> Bungie was firing back at people too, with their own, um PR appropriate responses yeah. that were still hot and ready, you know. So like someone, someone was had said like, "Oh, you guys shouldn't be taking sides in this or whatever." And then like, uh Bungie, I'm paraphrasing, they were like, "We've taken like we've taken the side of the women in our studios or like the side of like women or whatever, yeah. something like that." Basically. Bungie was having none of the having none of the Capital G gamer talk and all. I see it again. Um, so yeah, happy, proud of Bungie for that. And then Arena the developers behind Guild Wars, they tweeted out their support as well a couple days later. But they're the only studios that we've seen speak out about this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I think that's it's very sad that they're the only ones who spoke out about this. Um, more should have. I applaud them for speaking on about this, especially yep. Bungie, like so quickly, so fast, and then so steadfast in their support. So like, shut up, gamers. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We support this and we stand by it.
1: Yeah. One one thing I was very quickly gonna say is like just like props to Bungie again, because like they're talking about a company that like knows they've done wrong in the past, they're genuinely trying to do better.
0: Yes big props to them big big props to them okay so that's it for the news That's it for the news this week it's yep. quite bit episode quite a lot to talk about uh but well, we're going to get into what we've been playing for the past two weeks <laughs> um kieran i'll go with you first you got one thing here yep. i don't think i was expected to see this on your um <laughs> on your list here when you were playing the hunting game you hunt the peoples you kill the peoples yeah. while doing the jobs at the same time What game am I talking about, Karen? Tell the people what game I'm talking about.
1: I've been playing Among Us. Well, yeah, I played it for like maybe two and a half, three hours last night um, with a bunch of friends in a Discord server. Um, I don't really have super much to say about it, to be honest. Like it's Among Us. You find people and kill them. But
0: (laughs) what made you do? What made you do this? I know you said you were playing with friends, but like, what made this be the game that everyone played? I
1: don't know. So uh, somebody just pinged in Discord asking if anyone wanted to play a game, and because there's like there's like a large group of ages in that server so like not everyone has like consoles or like a gaming pc or stuff but like yeah a lot of people have among us and if you don't have it you can download it free on your phone so right. that, that everyone' just decided hey we'll just play among us although I I think there might have been something wrong with our session because I got imposter
0: like six times in a row <laughs> no that was not the wrong the session that was just playing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you were just
0: always going to be the imposter.
1: <laughs> Like I I love playing the imposter so much. It's so much more fun than crewmate because you actually have to like try and like explain your way out of situations. You know that you're lying about. It's so much fun.
0: And um, if you're not a good liar, then you're just kind of out of luck.
1: Oh, it was it was so funny. So uh, one time I was the imposter. I think at that point there was maybe nine or ten of us playing. I was the only imposter. I killed four people without anyone finding bodies or anything like that. And then someone found a body, and I have. You might not have seen it. Have you ever tried the, or have you ever seen the Markiplier video with he's playing with Jacksepticeye? Okay. Nope. Nope. uh, (laughs) Don't watch him. I know who he is. (laughs) Don't watch him. Yeah, he's he's playing with Jacksepticeye and a bunch of 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 other people, and he literally kills somebody in front of Jack. And uh, when like Jack reports the body because they get locked in a room and Jack and Mark can't kill him because there's a cooldown on the kill button. Um, Yeah when jack finally reports the body mark gets in there first and he's like i saw jack do it right in front of me like he killed wade or, or something i don't know and they vote off jack i played out that situation perfectly last night and i got away with it and mm-hmm. won the match and i'm so proud of
0: myself nice see i've never played among us and i sometimes i would think about like oh i wonder how fun it would be to play um and i just wonder like man if i was the imposter how well would I lie my way out of a situation? <laughs> like, would I be able to lie myself out of a situation? I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to. Because I, I think I'm a fairly good liar. Um, but when put on the if like when put on the spot like that in a tense situation, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I'd I'd be like, I feel like I'd be stumbling over my words, like, uh, well, like it wasn't me. It, it was actually this person here. And like it'd be tough. I don't know. I don't know how well I'd do. Yeah, the, uh, the-
1: the best way I have found to get out with it, and I'm, I'm kind of giving up my my imposter strat here, but the the best way I found to get out of it is just like say you were in somewhere doing one of your tasks and just or like so like I was in electrical rearranging wires and I was going to wherever to download data. That's that's gets me out of it most of the time, but sometimes it don't work. Uh,
0: okay, okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep <laughs> it in mind <laughs> when I get out of playing it. You got anything else to say about Among Us now? Um I played on the new airship.
1: Well, I not new airship map because it's been out for ages, but uh I haven't played it since they I haven't played it since they only had one map. So So it's new to you. Yep. Um don't play on that map if you have five people because it's way too big.
0: Oh yeah, I remember seeing pictures of it, like it's huge. huge. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was like you could easily kill a person, walk around for two minutes, yep. and be like, "Here's the body, guys. Yeah. What happened to him? I yep. just found him like this. <laughs> Wonder who did it." <laughs> it seems like that'd be easier to lie on that map with like a smaller yeah. amount of people. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it, it was easier last night as well because I'm I'm playing with a bunch of people that one haven't played Among Us before, but two just don't really play video games. So like Uh. I was, I was using some like real basic strats to get out of it, like kill someone, then report the body immediately and be like, I just found it
0: here. (laughs) Oh man. Look what I found people. Look what (laughs) I found. That's funny. That's cool. I'm happy. you had fun with that. Happy. you had a good time with it. Uh, I played two things in the past two weeks. One of them, which I only played for like half an hour. Um, That one was halo infinite played halo Infinite for, for about 30 minutes on Thursday night. Um, because new season you know, dropped. Yes, new yeah. season dropped. I wanted to get into it for a little bit. Uh, and I only played like three matches of last man standing, which is the one of the new modes they added. Uh, mm. that that's the mode that you have to play in order to like progress the event battle pass for the interference event that's going on right now. Um again, I only played three matches. It's like battle royale light, light, light. <laughs> um <laughs> So you you spawn in on the map breaker, which is the new big team battle map. Um no no there's no radar at all. No radar. Okay. You spawn yeah. in with the um the the pistol that shoots the that's like the the stun pistol. I forgot the name plasma
1: of it. Plasma pistol.
0: No, not the plasma pistol. The electric. Oh, the pistol. the electricity pistol. Ref- reflector? No. Not the reflector, but again, the electricity pistol. That one. The shock yeah. pistol. You spawn in with that. And after like after a kill, you're able to well no, it's not after a kill. It's like you need to get a certain amount of experience to level up your weapon. And then after you go from that, from the electric pistol, you go to the the Wrangler or the mangler, whatever it's called. And after you get enough experience again, you can level up to the assault rifle and then so on and so forth. Okay. It's kind of like gun game in a sense where like after X amount of kills, you, yeah. get, you can upgrade to this next weapon. Like one of them is the battle rifle, the shotgun's in there somewhere, the commandos in there somewhere at some point in time, like you just level up to them and all. And around the map are um, some power-ups. So like the overshield is on the map, the cloak is on the map. Those are the only two power-ups actually. And the premise behind it is that everyone on the map has five lives, right? There's, I think, a total of 12, 11 or 12 people, and everyone has five lives. After all your lives are done, you're out for good. You're, you're done, done. Um, and then once it gets to, I think, the last, either the last five people or so, a danger zone starts to form, which is like, you know, you're a circle in a battle royale, and then yeah. the danger zone shrinks ever so slightly. Over like the last few bits of the match. Now, I'm not really a big a fan of like elimination style game modes and games. I'm really not. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, right? Fair. So you take that into account. You take it to account I haven't played Halo in months. You take it to account that I have not played. This is my first time playing this map ever. Take those three things into account. Didn't really enjoy last man standing that much um Mm -hmm. i will say like my first match i died like three times in the first two minutes i was like (laughs) it's just a rip at this point (laughs) um my second my second and third matches, i did do better um so like i don't want to chalk much of my gripes up with the mode to like the mode itself because again i i only played three batches and like Short yeah. amount of time, and I didn't have to play Halo that much. It was my first time on that map, but I think that I feel like okay. I feel like the mode would be better with the with a radar, at least for the first bit of the match, because the map is so big. It's not, it's not that it's huge, but like it's a big map with only twelve people on it, right? Yeah. So with that in mind. I think having the radar would be helpful at the very least that way you can at least know it's like kind of where someone is because it's so easy when you first spawn at the very beginning of the game, it's easy to spawn step out, like like walk for like three, four seconds and then get shot. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: so easy for that to happen or like for you to see someone.
1: Yeah.
0: And if they don't see like, if you had your radar, you probably, they probably appear on the radar. Right or you would appear on the radar for someone else. But like if without it there, like it's easy to just like spawn and then die pretty quickly at the start of a match, which can be disappointing and annoying. So I think like if the radar was there until let's see, like there were maybe like six or seven people left, like halfway through the match, then like remove the radar at that point. Then I think it'd be a bit more fair or a bit more enjoyable at the very least. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Um, I, I also don't know how I feel about like the gun gamey aspect of it. Like it's fair that everyone starts off with the same weapons, yeah. But like if you're not able to get the kills, then you're kind of just stuck with the lower weapons while mm-hmm. everyone else is like, I got a better weapon than you. It's just like okay, I guess sure. Um, that's again, that can be a bit annoying. The the power-ups on the map. Like I said, it's the overshield and the cloak, like the invisibility. Yeah. I've seen some people say this and I kind of agree. They can be, they could be overpowered. Yeah. Because they're the only two on the map. And like if you're invisible, like I haven't seen this myself, but like I wouldn't be surprised if it's possible like stack the invisibility. So like get the invisibility and then run around, kill some people, find another invisibility, grab that one and use that yeah. one and all. And in a game mode like this, like you're just at a major advantage if you have that, or the overshield, like you have an overshield, just you come up with someone who doesn't, and it's just like bam, you you're gonna win that match, you're gonna win that fight for sure. So I saw some people say maybe either swap the power-ups or like reduce the frequency of them because they drop in throughout the course of the match. Yeah, they're not just like there all the time, like they drop in over the course of the match, but I think they drop in fairly frequently now and so some people say hey maybe reduce the frequency of it to make things a bit more fair which would definitely work in the game's favor um but yeah i mean i i don't want to be so harsh on it because i did only play three matches and again like all the caveats that i had to add on to my experience with they definitely like take color things a different way but i'm not the biggest fan of it right now it feels like a It feels like a test for Battle Royale, but, like, not a good test for Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. Like, if Halo's Battle Royale is actually like this with, like, the level-up system and stuff, I won't like it. Like, I I think, like, there needs to be, like, you know, let's loot the map and stuff and find items like that and all. This, it feels like it's trying to lay the groundwork or, like, be a test, like, hey, what do you guys think of, like, a Battle Royale type of mode in Halo? What do you guys think of that? Except, I just don't really like the way this one worked out so far. At the very least, it's just yeah. not really clicking with me. And like I, like I say, I don't really like elimination type modes. But I enjoy, you know, like I'm fine with the fun battle royale. Like I, I enjoy playing Fortnite. Fortnite, I can have fun in Fortnite. Warzone, I played a little bit of it. What didn't really, didn't really play it too much. Um, but I mean, it was fine when I did play it. Yeah. But like I. Battle Royales can be fun for me. This one just didn't really click for me.
1: Uh Disruptor is the name of the pistol.
0: There you go. There you go. You said reflector. I'm like, "No, you're thinking of the repulsor, but no, it's not it." Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, you think you'll give it a try? You Maybe. You'll hop into Halo at some point, try um the new season and last man standing, see what you think of it.
1: Yeah, probably. Um I haven't played Halo in I don't know how long, but yeah, you I mean, and many like, others. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's a game that will, like, pop into my head every so often. I'm like, oh, yeah, that exists. Like, I, I want to go and play Halo. But then I'm like, nah, not right now. And then, I'll like, I'll put it off and put it off and just not do it. So, now that the yeah. new season's launched, I want to go and get, there's, there's a new armor core, right?
0: Yes, there is.
1: Yeah. So, I'll go on and get the new armor core um, and then try it Last Man Standing and see, mm-hmm. see if I like it.
0: Like I had recorded gameplay of my matches, and I was just like, oof, nope, not showing this, (laughs) (laughs) not showing this at all. (laughs) This is not good, (laughs) not good gameplay, not playing this. Um so yeah, I want to get I want to give it a try. Uh I'm also again because all the event challenges are around last minute standing, bit annoyed by that because I'm like, yeah, really, and like they did say they're gonna fix some of the challenges and make some of them easier because, like, some of them are like get three melee kills. And last man standing, mm. get 10 melee kills. it's like, fam, like what? Melee kills? Seriously? Why do I have to get melee kills in this mode specifically? Like this mode of all modes. You want me to get melee kills? It's promoting, you know, camping and stuff. Just that challenge system is bad, man. Challenge system yep. is bad. And just continues to prove that it's bad. But moving on from a game that I'm not having the best time with Scarlet Nexus. When I last talked about it, I had only played about six hours or so of the game. I have played 30-something hours of the game now. <laughs> I finished yui tell story in about 23 hours. I am basically at the end of Kasane's story, and I've played 35-ish, 36 hours or so. So let me say this. the I, I tweeted this on Twitter. I enjoy the game. It's a fun game. The story is it's a story to say the least. <laughs> it's it, it's a story um but i mean it's one that i'm like i'm along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm just along for this wild ride and we're going <laughs> to go wherever we go. Um the combat is fun. The combat has always been fun with Scarlet Mexico from the very first time i played the demo um up till now it's been a blast. I think the combat really doesn't get to shine though until you get to like near the end of the game because once you have eight once you have like eight different SAS things at your disposal mm-hmm. and you have um you're like what and you have like more skills so you can like have multiple SAS abilities at um active at the same time and you have um your bonds with your teammates um leveled up enough so that you can use like combo moves with them during combat and, or have them like jump in to do like a move at a certain point during fights and all and it's all once you're at that point right and it's all flowing seamlessly it just feels so good it feels even better than it did up to that point because up to that point like yeah you know you're using the abilities you have for your team and all and it's fine uh but once you get to like chapter i think it's like the end of chapter nine or so when at that point you have the full suite at your disposal yeah and you're just like, all right, I got to use this I gotta use this ability for this enemy and I should use this one for that one to get close to them. I'm um, going to switch out from this one and go to this one over here. And it just feels so good. Just constantly switching between them all on the fly. It, it feels so good and it feels so cool. Like I said, you end up feeling like such a badass anime character. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. It's so much fun. It just takes a while to get there. Like I said, yeah. it took me like 23 hours to beat Yuito's story. It, so it took about what? 17 18 hours to reach that point in the game for the combat to be and again that's not saying the combat is bad before no. that combat is it's really fun before that and it's it's really good it's really cool it just doesn't reach its full potential until near the end of the game but i mean even still that near the end of the game it's a good five or so hours of game there still where you're enjoying this combat like this at all um yuito's story i think because there's yuito's and kasane's story yuito's story i think is definitely the one that needs to be played first before kasane's and i say that because kasane's story i feel like kasane's story is better as a companion piece to fill in the blanks of yuito's story okay as opposed to you because 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 yuito's story I feel like is the one driving the main plot. It has the most mystery behind it and you, it has the most mystery behind it and you get a lot of answers in Yuito's story. Whereas Kasane's story, I feel like there are, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to explain, but it just works better as a companion piece to fill in Yuito's gaps as -hmm. opposed to playing hers first. And then you're like, Okay, now what's going on with everything else? And maybe that's because like I you already did I already did Yuito, so I know like half the game already. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to look for blanks to be filled in and stuff, but I think UE just works better first as opposed to Kasane first. Um but let's see, there was that the the bond episodes, there are things you could do in the game during like the standby episodes at the standby phases of each chapter, right? Yeah. So at the, each chapter you have like, you know, your main mission and at the end of it, you have a standby phase. Where you go back to your hideout and you could chat with your party members and like get them stuff and do bond episodes with them, which is basically um, you just have like a conversation with them. Like you do have a conversation. You might go somewhere and like you get to know them a little bit more. Right. And they're fine. They, you know, they, they give you like, you know, cool character moments with the characters and stuff. But my only issue with them is that, and I feel like this might just be a me thing, but I wish that you were, you were only able to do a certain amount per phase, right? Because I think every phase, there might be about three or four available for you to do. And you're able to do all of them per per standby phase right mm-hmm. like it's not like time advances if you do one like you do one it's like all right there are three more to do you can go ahead and do them you don't have to you can easily just you know continue the story if you want to but it's at your detriment if you don't because then you end up losing out on um you know chances to increase your relationship with that person and get new abilities with them and so on and so forth so it's in your best interest to do the bond episodes yeah It becomes an annoyance though once you have the full team near the end of the game, because then it's like, all right, there's like six bond episodes for me to do, <laughs> and the dialogue like if you don't skip any dialogue, these bond episodes can take like ten minutes. like mm-hmm. they can take quite a bit of time, yeah, so you then end up sitting there for forty five minutes or so just do these bond episodes back to back to back to back to back it could. it's at a at a certain point it becomes tedious yeah yeah no i get so that. like and that's why i was like i wish that you were only able to do a certain amount like i wish it was like all right and i i get this from persona because at persona you have like after your school day, right? You have afternoon and then night, and you can choose what you want to do. Do you want to go do your job? Do you want to go hang out with a friend? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Whatever you do, though, time advances forward to the next time of day. And then you could say, all right, now, I, say, for example, after school, I hang out with On. All right, cool. Now, it's nighttime. I can either watch a movie. I could do homework. I can read. I can maybe go out to the batting cages. But whatever I do, I can only do one of these things in the time advances. Yeah. So I have to pick and choose what I want to do. That helps keeping from helps keep things from being one overwhelming. And two, it helps keep things from feeling like a chore and a checklist to go down. And that's what the Bond episodes it started to become to me near the end of the game, near the end of Yu story. They started feeling just like a checklist of all right. Let me go buy these things and give this person, person yeah. this, this person, give this, this person. Now, let me do this episode, this episode, this episode. And because of that, I started caring less about each person's stories. And I normally in a game like this, I let the dialogue play. I was like, nope. At a certain point, I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. And as soon as I'm done reading, I'm pressing A. So yeah. I was reading it in like one or two seconds. A, 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 A. a. And conversations that probably would have taken like, anywhere from five from five to ten minutes i was getting done with them in like two minutes i was like i don't i was like i don't care a a a a a a a i just i can't i can't be bothered to sit here for like almost an hour doing each person's bond episode and like that's that could just be a me thing it could just be a me thing but i really wish that like if it actually restricted all right you have six bond episodes available you can do three before the next chapter. Yeah, Then it's like, all right, who do I want to spend my time with? Who I care about more. And it makes me be more deliberate with my choices. It's not that type of game though. And it makes, I I understand why the decision was made the way it was. I just wish it was different.
1: Yeah. And I, I I think I would have, I think like you, I would have preferred like limiting it to three. Cause like throughout a video game, every person is going to get more attached to like one character over another, right? Like you're, just in in Final Fantasy VII, like I like Tifa way more than I like, than I like Barrett. So uh-huh. if there was that kind of thing in Final Fantasy, maybe there is, and I've just missed it. I don't think so. But no, there's none. No, yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but like if there was, I 100 would have chosen Tifa over Barrett, and then I would have chosen um, I'm blanking on her name. What's the other main girl? Aerith. Yes, um, I would have. How I would could have chosen, you forget Aerith? I, I'm sorry. <sighs> like I.
0: The disrespect.
1: I always want, I always want to call her a different name. I think it's like a free or, I don't know. Anyway. Um the freak? What? I don't I don't know. It's, it's been two weeks since I played that game. But <laughs> um mm. yeah, like if if I had a if there was like an option in Final Fantasy, I would hundred percent choose Tifa over Barrett and just not care about Barrett's story at all.
0: Yeah. I mean it's not that I don't care about the characters, like I still care about them yeah. all um even one that i absolutely despised like <laughs> sheeden he's easily my least favorite he became my least favorite video game character period just 100 did oh, damn. um but like kasane's story like makes him a bit better in my opinion like the bond episodes you have with him and like the mm. stuff he, like the like it's like the way he's portrayed there because you like you see a different side of the story of the different of the characters like the characters yeah. And Yuito's party are not the characters that Kasane has in her party. And the things that, because Yuito does in his thing, aren't the same things that Kasane does in her story. So Shiden is a better character in her story, but I still don't like him that much. I'm still (laughs) like, all right, you still suck though. I was like, you're still like a, just like an annoying bratty person. Like, I get why you are the way you are, but I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. Um, So yeah, like, I'm near the end of Kasane's story. Like, I'm up, boy. Chapter 10, I think. Basically, I'm at the point now in the game where nothing is different between okay. Kasano and Uytale's playthroughs. Like, there may be a cutscene or two that's different, but like at this point, yeah. all the main story stuff is going to be exactly the same. So at this point, I'm like, all right, any main cutscene comes on, let's go on my phone. Just <laughs> to be done. Yeah. Or either, I either do that or just press A as much well as I can to the cutscenes. It's like, like I don't have to pay attention anymore. Like, yeah, every exactly. Same, same point on. But so yeah, I'm going to finish that this weekend, and then, um, oh, hold on a second. Yep. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, that was my brother asked me about Mother's Day cards. Um, I am going to go either play Injustice Two because I downloaded it. Nice. either that or maybe oh, i'll do right. some trick to yomi maybe some loot river um because those are on game pass now yes uh, i i'm
1: very excited to get into loot
0: river me too very excited as well um maybe one of those i think i'll jump into final fantasy 13 2 at some point i nice. i want to play that one so i got options I got options. I got options. It's backlog season right now, basically. I still want to play Kirby. Pretty I still gotta, I gotta find time to buy that. It, you know, money, time, stuff. So yep. yep. Figuring out what to do and what to play. But that's really it. Yeah. You got nothing else? You got any more questions about Scarlet Nexus?
1: Um I don't think so. I'll uh, I'll probably have more closer to the time I'm gonna play it.
0: Yeah, it's a good game. It's a fun game. I'm enjoying it. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reason I'm getting through Kasane's story so fast is because I'm doing New Game Plus. So when you oh, do okay. New Game Plus, you carry over like whatever level all your characters were, that carries over the money you have, your experience um, points that you have, all that carries over and your weapons and stuff. So I started Kasane's story at level 60. The enemies don't scale to your level, they stay <laughs> like the level <laughs> they're supposed to be at that point in the story. Yep. So. I'm level 60 and I just like all right, I will unlock everything I can on the brain on the um skill tree right now, Unlock all of it at the start of the game. Um, gave my party all the best stuff that they had, <laughs> and it's like, and we will blow through the game, yep. which is why I'm like going to be done with it in like 10 to 15 hours, as opposed to like the 20 hours it would have taken me, yeah, um, doing her story <laughs> like and just level one. That's neat. Yeah, it's very neat. There's also like a little, I've been just cheesing the heck out of this move that you could do um, with Sheedan. With his SAS ability, he has electrokinesis, right? If you, when you get the bond, um, your bond with him up to a certain point, you have to move where if you do a special attack, Kasane throws her daggers and forms an electric circle around enemies. And it does a lot of damage. So whenever I do combos, I just do x, 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 y, 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 and I just toss that and it does so much damage. I do that that I throw something and I do xxx, x, x, y and I just do that all again. And if you, and if I combine that with um, Kyoka's duplication, I then have two mes or three means doing that exact same move. and it just does so much damage. It's just like I'm overpowered. I win. Yeah, I win. I've just been abusing that move throughout the entire game. It's it's fun. See, I I love this game's combat. It's really great.
1: Kind of similar to someone I do in 7 Remake where I'm playing as Cloud and I'll be in Punisher mode and it's like against smaller enemies. It doesn't really work against bosses or anything. But the like just do a bunch of attacks and then hold down X so you do like the overhead swing. Yeah, yeah. Swing down thing. I I do that and it just finishes everything off.
0: I want to play that game too. Got to find time. (laughs) Got to find time for these things. Oh boy. But all right, that's going to wrap up. Episode 56 of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. Uh, Hit us up over on our website, playtowngames.wordpress.com. Check it out. It's a home for all of our stuff. Uh, So please go give it a look. Go give it a read. Read some of the reviews that we have over there. Some of the previews that we have over there. Some, Some good stuff there. Go check it out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Play to Win Game for updates on the show and other things that we may post over there uh if you follow us over there you would have known why we didn't have an episode last week yep you know that way you're in the loop so follow us over on those platforms subscribe to us over on youtube as well hit that notification bell um that way you know again yeah, as soon as things go live uh and you can watch them as soon as they go live subscribe to us on podcast services too it's very important and helps us out a whole lot leave us likes comments share the stuff Leave us those five-star reviews. They are all very much appreciated and very helpful. Thank you all so very much for doing that. We encourage you to do that. We implore you to do all those things. With all that being said, Karen, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T on one word. I don't know why I keep plugging my Instagram because I never use it, but (laughs) if you want to follow me over there, you can. And you uh, say that every week, too. I don't know why I do this.
0: I don't yeah, know why I do it.
1: <laughs> like, and, and every week, I remember. It's just I think it's because I did it all the time when we were games and gaming and for like a lot of the first episodes of Play to Win, so it's just like ingrained on my brain now that that's how I usually plug myself at the end. So Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Well, you could find me over on Twitter at Tyler Miller 2496 Follow me over there and chat with me over there about all things gaming, movies, anime, so on and so forth. Thank you all so very much for watching and or listening. And we will talk to you all next time. Have a great one. See you later.